0: It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel
1: of American Radio. It is indeed your COVID-infected host, <laughs> James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Crown Jewel of American Radio is absolutely right. Glad to have you here if you'd like to be on the program this afternoon. 800-848-WABC is the telephone number. 800 848 Mark Stein joins us in a, a few minutes. After we get done with our first break, and we're looking forward to catching up with Mark for the first time. Uh, this is a regular Tuesday segment that we do with Mark Stein, and we'll look forward to hearing Mark and hearing what's on his mind this afternoon. Uh, if you are in Manhattan and you own a business, first, before I do that, if you are sitting in Virginia because uh, you have nothing else to do but sit on I-95, which has been closed, For over 24 hours now, the governor there, Ralph Northam, the Mr. Blackface governor, just can't seem to get things in order down there to help people. That is a mess. It has been a mess on I-95 for over 24 hours. There are people that are lacking food. There have been uh, people... That have uh, reported all kind of illnesses that they're dealing with, and they've been worried. They haven't seen, in some cases, uh, troopers or help or any anybody for hours and hours and hours. Hopefully, hopefully tonight, by tonight, Ralph Noltham says that I ninety five should be opened again. Uh, if you are listening to this on the Amtrak Crescent. And that is a train that I've taken. Uh, the Crescent runs all the way from NOLA up and through New York, and it's on the way here. But that winter storm has left people on the Amtrak Crescent for over 30 hours. And that is miserable experience. Amtrak, en route from Washington, D.C., Atlanta, it goes to New York. It comes here to Penn Station. Good luck with that. Again, stuck in Virginia, and it just doesn't seem that the government is highly responsible there. The government of Ralph Northam, the outgoing government. So good luck with all that. It's been it's been terrible. Um, Joe Biden, as you heard at the top of the hour, continues to say that this COVID uh, is COVID pandemic is a, a crisis of the unvaccinated, and that's just flat out a lie. I'm vaccinated, and many others that have gotten the vaccination still have COVID and still have gotten COVID. I don't know why you insist on just lying to the American people. What's the point? People actually know better. Now, if you're in Manhattan, there has been a stunning development, and if you own a business in Manhattan or if you live in the borough of Manhattan – You need to pay attention to what has just taken place. Alvin Bragg is the new district attorney for Manhattan. He has your new district attorney just ordered prosecutors in the prosecutor's office of Manhattan to stop seeking prison sentences for hordes of criminals and to downgrade felony charges in other cases. He says in a memo today that the office of the DA in Manhattan is not going to seek carceral sentences, except where homicides are concerned in a handful of other cases, including domestic violence felonies, some sex crimes. So you see, depending on what sex crime you commit, you may not have to face prison either under the new district attorney and he's urging that his district attorney spend their time now trying to figure out the impact that the criminals are going to face if they go to jail not 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 the impact on the victims of their criminal behavior but prosecutors are now in in New York City, in Manhattan, they have to look at what the impact will be on public safety, barriers to housing and employment, financial cost, and racial disparities of the criminals. So if you've got a criminal, now the prosecutor's office have to look and say, well, if I actually enforce the law against the criminal, What impact is it going to have on the poor criminal's life? Will that poor criminal uh, be, will will have unnecessary barriers to housing if we prosecute them? Will the poor criminal have, have barriers to unemployment? What's the financial cost to the criminal? And, of course, is it racist? The District Attorney's Office in Manhattan will no longer seek to have sentences of life without parole for very serious crimes. Life without parole, that's over. Now, going further, armed robbers who use guns, I think this is hysterical for a number of reasons, Armed robbers who use guns or other deadly weapons to stick up stores, to stick up businesses, are only going to be prosecuted for petty larceny. That's a misdemeanor. So if you've got these criminals who go in with a gun, with a gun, the new prosecutor, Alvin Bragg, says that nope, we're not going to prosecute the gun crime. We don't we don't care about that. We're we're only going to prosecute for petty larceny, provided no victims were seriously injured. I mean we could have injuries, but as long as they're not seriously injured, we're just gonna let the the, the armed robbers get away with a petty crime, a misdemeanor. Convicted criminals who are caught with weapons other than guns will have those felony charges downgraded to misdemeanors. Burglars who steal from residential storage areas, parts of homes that aren't accessible to a living area. Businesses located in mixed-use buildings will be prosecuted for low-level Class D felonies. Drug dealers get a break, too, under the new DA, incoming DA. Drug dealers believed to be acting as low-level agents of a seller will be prosecuted only for, wait for it, ding, 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 misdemeanor possession. So we're pretty much legalizing the new DA in Manhattan is pretty much legalizing, decriminalizing drug dealing. My friends, this is the wild, wild west come to Manhattan. What you have seen take place in other cities across the country, like San Francisco, like Los Angeles, with these gangs of smash and grabbers, what you've seen happen in Dallas where social media gangs, with gangs use social media to determine where they're going to do mass robberies. It's all coming to New York City, all coming to Manhattan. We've already had a bail reform, which has put criminals on the streets in New York City. Now you've got a DA who's concerned that his prosecutors look after, looked after the impact that putting criminals in jail will have on the criminals. He wants to make sure for all of you liberals that whine on and on and on and have been whining for years and years and years about you need tougher gun control. You need tougher gun control. Here's your district attorney, Alvin Bragg in New York, saying to every robber, that uses a gun, it's okay. As long as you don't seriously hurt somebody, we'll knock down the charges to a misdemeanor. So go ahead, bring your guns in, and rob as many people as you can. This is what you're getting from this woke DA. Now, again, if you are a criminal in New York City, hallelujah, This is your lucky day. You have got a prosecutor finally who is on your side. You've got a district attorney who wants to make sure that you, the criminal, do better and have a better life in New York than in anywhere else. Crime does pay, in other words. This is your new district attorney in manhattan congratulations the criminals can win james golden aka boats nearly when we get back mark stein we've got a lot to talk about stay with us wabc talk radio 77 coming right back there go away entertaining
0: and informative James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirdly, is on the air. 77 WABC.
1: WABC. Talk Radio 77. I'm Donna Summer's Hot Stuff. Speaking of hot stuff, He's a star in two continents. He's Mr. Hot Media Property. Mark Stein. Hot... St- Mr. Hot Stuff. The shade
2: of Donna Summer is going to come back and sue you for uh,
1: that,
2: <laughs> is that Did you learn that in uh, radio school? That's the big sound of Donna Summer and Hot Stuff. Speaking of uh, Hot Stuff, here's uh, Nancy Pelosi.
1: Uh, uh, right. In her dreams, or, or more like, more like AOC thinks. She, hey, are you one of those Republicans that wants to do AOC?
2: Um, well, I did. i I'm not. I don't know whether I want to go down uh, that route. my My advice to my advice to my own boys is to steer clear. Of uh, American uh, wim- womanhood generally, because it's only going to end up in court and y- and you'll be dead. Uh, and, uh, you know, so so uh, hit on some Fijian chick or Papua New Guinean chick, because the Me Too whole thing won't won't have got out there by then. So I
1: I'm not I I I tend not to wade into the yeah, because AOC has uh, been claiming that that's the real problem that it's frustrating. Republicans, they're all frustrated because they want her, and that's why they, you know, so much whatever, they give her so much grief.
2: Yeah, I honestly think that's one of those things that somebody else needs to say about you. I mean, it goes back, it goes, it goes back to your intro. You said I was hot stuff. If I'd come on and said I'm hot stuff, I don't think that really works. Uh, the, um, there was a French prime minister, Edith Cresson. Uh, a, uh, a about 25 years ago, who said that Englishmen were obviously all homosexual because whenever she went to London, nobody ever wolf whistled her, and I believe the House Com- House of Commons followed that with a debate. The, uh, on the motion that this house does not find wrinkly old french women attractive
3: so, <laughs> <laughs> so
2: perhaps so perhaps uh, that would be i'm just to throw that out there for the republican party if they if they actually want to put a a, a congressional motion that they don't find uh, a o c hot stuff maybe that's that 's the way to do it, but I think there 's enough a o c says enough crazy things without without getting into her attractiveness or otherwise. I will say though by the way, just as a general point, the BBC Years ago, always used to put me. They think, "Oh, this will make a good panel discussion." We'll put Stein on because he's so crazy and right wing. <laughs> we'll find some humorless feminist Marxist lesbian, and we'll put him on with her, and that will be great television. And it never worked because the humorless uh, feminist Marxist lesbian. Uh, would start droning on, and I'd sit there across the table saying, uh, "You know, this humourless, feminist, <coughs> Marxist lesbianism is really kind of hot in a way." <laughs> and, uh, and so the show would just die because I'd just be making goo goo eyes at the, at the surly lesbian who thought I was just terrible. And so that that never worked. So I've uh, generally, since those days, I've tried not to. I've tried to steer clear of looking at it in those terms.
1: Wow. You know, Mark, I was stunned to read today that uh, Norman Mailer, the the famous... I mean, liberals love Norman Mailer. They love Norman Mailer like they love Hemingway. And this, apparently, uh, a 100th anniversary con- collection of some of his essays, they're not going to publish it. He's been cancelled.
2: Yeah, and, and interestingly, it was at the behest of just some intern... At Random House, who who was triggered uh, by by some of the stuff he read, and and actually in one case just by the title of the piece. So when you say uh, when you say all oh, liberals love Norman Mailer, you're you're talking about the liberals from the day before yesterday. I mean, what what's so fantastic about this current moment is that is that essentially it's the left devouring its own because you can't. You can't keep up. So Norman Mailer, who was like the the epitome of uh, of cool in the 1950s and 1960s. And now he's 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 as horrific as Robert E. Lee uh, to, <laughs> to the he's, he's basically the Robert, the Robert E. Lee of the Book of the Month Club. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and the, 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 the thing is, there'll be nothing here because none of these guys these these like trigger the the acceptable books the books these little interns and you have got to feel for the guys who are the like the chairman and the chief executive of random house they're surrounded by crazies and like it's like with the nutter on the subway you just don't want to catch their eye these guys if you're the chairman if you're the chairman of random house you know, the non-binary intern you made the mistake of hiring, you just don't want to catch the eye of the non-binary intern because he's going to demand that you cancel, you know, whatever your best-selling book was going to be. And it's, this. Is, they would have made a ton of money off this book.
1: That's and, just, it's insane,
2: and, and they don't and they don't and it's not going to be anything so these guys will eventually destroy because nothing can basically all these people are saying, oh we're living in the hyper present tense, you know Shakespeare Shakespeare, what was Shakespeare's view? Has anyone checked see what Shakespeare's view on transgender bathrooms was
1: you I know, don't know
2: we 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 don't know, but as you, soon know, as as you know one
1: of my favorite authors is um w Somerset Mom now. Yeah. Now, Somerset Maugham was had some pretty racist stuff in some of his books. I'm sorry, it was just, but it never stopped me from reading it. It's you put that in context of the time and who it was. It doesn't mean he wasn't a great author. It means he had a few racist things in his book.
2: Well, he, you, he, yeah, he was a he was a beautiful writer. He also has the advantage, though, for a moment that he that he was gay. <laughs> it's like when, oh. When Noel Coward did his uh, parody of, uh, whatever, Let's Do It, Let's Fall in Love, there's a line in that, like, uh, Somerset and all the Morms do it. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> he, he did it with the help of some injections, uh, from, from bulls, I think. He was like, but he was like, he had an interesting life, but he, he, when he wrote about Malayan rubber plantations, you know, the steamy, sultry, sensual stuff going on there he he wrote in an unblinkered way uh, according to the cultural realities of the time and you can't say, come along and say, well, you know, that offend. I'm, I'm, I'm someone I, I, I went to, I grew up in Connecticut and went to Dartmouth and that just triggers me. Well, go off and write your own book then, you great twit instead of banning everybody
1: well, I love it. Now, China, uh, by the way, is apparently taking over Latin America. This is from one of your pubs, <laughs> the, the Daily Mail. Now, I read this story, and first, with all these these remarkable illustrations in it, I was petrified because it shows China, and it shows they're giving money every single country where they're making investments. They're investing uh, in Latin America with civilian nuclear technology, they want to build up 5G networks. And they want to surround us down in Latin America. And I read this. I said, this is reason to be concerned. Uh, should we be concerned with this?
2: Well, it's almost as if Chairman Xi has never heard of the Monroe Doctrine, isn't it? It's right. uh, this, is, this is America's backyard, whereby uh, by common consent for two centuries, uh, the foreign powers have not interfered because America... Re- will regard it as a direct threat to the security of the United States. But just as in the British West Indies, they're doing the same thing. They're walking around all this money. Uh, They're spending a billion dollars in... uh, They've spent over a billion pounds, actually, in Antigua and Barbuda, which has a population of 100,000 people. So that's a lot of money for a a couple of tiny islands with a small population. They're buying up everything they 're buying up everywhere, but the latin American thing is ought to be particularly concerning to Washington because they are basically just tiptoeing up to the borders of the United States and saying to washington what are you going to do about it and uh, and and they're bu- for for that matter they 're buying up a ton of stuff in in Canada too basically I, I I had to laugh because I just saw this thing where uh, the u s has admonished uh China for expanding its nuclear arsenal. Who, who cares about nukes? China has basically taken over the world without firing a shot.
1: You right, know, <laughs>
2: and, but but go ahead and worry about nukes because you, in case you get into a nuclear war with them, you're not going to get into a nuclear. It doesn't matter how many nukes they have and how many nukes the Pentagon has. China makes all the aspirin, so on the third day of the nuclear war, uh, everybody, all the chiefs of thoroughly modern Millie and the chiefs of staff, are all going to surrender because they'll have splitting headaches because China's cut off the aspirin supply. China's doing this.
1: Well, and they, but apparently China also Mark has some internal problems that they're dealing with, and they've identified one as a masculinity crisis.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I, li- I love this thing. They they uh, they they actually want more toxic masculinity. They're worried that their masculinity isn't toxic enough. So So they're
1: saying, yeah, there are too many effeminate men in China and that these effeminate men are corrupting a whole generation of people and that young men need to have toughness and strength. And this is what...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. All they would have to do, because they think outside the box, China. That's that's one of the things I like about them. Chairman Xi just really needs to round up all these effeminate men and plant them uh, as interns at Random House <laughs> <laughs> to, to to ban all next year's books <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then it's win-win for everybody. <laughs> That's basically how, no, I find it, one of the fascinating things about China is they don't waste their time with, you know, if you go, uh, uh, if you go up to Chairman Xi and you say, Oh, I'm, I'm extremely non-binary. And, uh, so my pronouns are whatever. He'll say, Well, uh, I'm, uh, China is completely binary. I'm the dictator and you guys are the dictated to. And that's it. One or the other. There's the dictators and the dictated to. So there's no non-binary. So don't waste my time. And that's the that's the great advantage. Uh, 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 you know, I used to I used to say uh, on Rush that we'll be talking about transgender bathrooms when the Muller's nucleus. Well, you know, we'll be talking we'll be talking about transgender bathrooms when the the Chinese have finally bought up every. Every piece of real estate on the planet and just surround us on all sides.
1: Now, this this jay I don't know about you. Are you going to watch all this January sixth never ending coverage of January sixth? Uh Chuck Schumer's trying to ramp up a new filibuster fight. He they've turned their attention now away from this build back better welfare business to we want this uh we want to federalize elections and put them in the hands of Democrats. And they're threatening to uh, get rid of the filibuster one time and one time only. And they're linking it to January 6th because the insurrection made all of this, made all of this a crisis right now. What do you make of all of this January 6th stuff and this uh, this Schumer filibuster business?
2: Well, I, I thought January 6th was, I was actually on air with Tucker Carlson about sort of 45 minutes after it all wrapped up. And everyone all afternoon would be say, "Oh, this is the citadel of democracy and all the rest of it." You know, t- to me, uh, I-, I objected to it then and there, that night, because you can't say, oh, if some guy gets his Wendy's franchise burnt down in Atlanta, well, tough, that's the brakes, it doesn't matter. But that somehow uh, this particular building, when there's places burning all over America for months on end, this particular building is inviolable. But that said, that said... The Democrats have weaponized January the 6th. You know, it's bigger now. January the 6th is bigger than uh, Memorial Day and Fourth of July and Veterans Day rolled into one. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't declare. You know, I can just see Joe Biden standing up and declaring it as a federal holiday when we all need solemnly to remember the assault on our democracy. It was the worst it's, what, what 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 is it they say it's the worst time since the British uh, burnt down the white done the White House yeah uh, you know I'm I'm Which, uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm I couldn't care less about that what I care about is these political prisoners whatever you feel about them sitting in jails uh, they don't have a trial date they've they've been sitting in jail since January the 8th and every time they try and get a trial they most of them have just got you know no account lawyers but every time they go into court and say well could we be given a trial date the the united states government says oh no we're afraid we're going to need another three months to think about uh coming in and uh, setting a trial date so they've already served a year basically for trespassing most of these people they're political prisoners just they'd, they're not they'd, they're not yet harvested for organ parts As political prisoners are in China, but they're on the same continuum. They're they're political prisoners, these January the 6th guys.
1: This is going to be quite the year, Mark. I am so glad you you are going to be with us every Tuesday to help break down the news, (laughs) and um, we shall see whether the country survives this January 6th.
2: Yeah, and, and by the way, just I should have said this earlier on, but uh, but as one toxically masculine man to another, you're hot stuff too. Oh Donna, well, Summer, Donna Summer covers both of us.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. Mark Stein, ladies and gentlemen, he'll be back with us next Tuesday. Thank you, Mark. James Golden, a.k.a. Snirly, with you here on WABC. Coming right back. Don't go away. Oh, no Politics. And so much more. A true
0: connection to real New York on 77 WABC.
1: Did you expect, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Cuomo to really face charges? Did you? Did you think that Andrew Cuomo was going to actually have to face justice for anything that he did? The only good thing that will come out of Andrew Cuomo's, uh, let's say, his his indiscretions is that it also took care of getting his brother off of uh, TV. That's it. Nothing. There is a two-tier justice system, not just in America, in New York as well. And you are watching it on display. Andrew Cuomo gets away with all of it. At least so far. Telephone time, Rich. Where do we begin?
0: All right, James. Good afternoon. Let us begin in the volunteer state down in Tennessee and say hi to Patrick.
1: Patrick, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77.
0: Good afternoon, Mr. Golden. Thanks for taking my call. I was listening to you, you know, before Mr. Stein came on, where you said the Manhattan DA wasn't going to charge people with felonies for, like, uh, armed robbery. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm a, mostly a law abiding guy. I got a couple of misdemeanors. But why the hell shouldn't I just go to New York, Manhattan, knock over four or five banks over the course of two weeks, and retire?
1: Well, I mean, listen, what he is, your question is what criminals all around Manhattan are doing today. They, You know, people think, I guess these DAs think that the criminals are, are not smart people. They're plenty smart, and right now they're figuring it out. Oh, gosh, we've got a DA who says he's not going to prosecute us for crimes. What crimes can we go commit? How can we, especially now, we can use guns in armed robberies, and we're going to get off with a—the worst thing that will happen to us is that we're going to get off with a misdemeanor? All right, lock and load. We are going to witness in New York something that New York City does not deserve especially on coming back from this pandemic, we are going to see a rise in street crimes. We are going to see, look, this is a prediction. This is not a wish. But this is what this DA is bringing in, lawlessness. And they're doing so right in front of people with no shame whatsoever. He wants his prosecutors to look at the impact that arresting criminals will have on the criminals, not on the victim. What's the impact on the criminals? Will it make their life tougher when it comes to later on getting a house or getting a uh, getting a uh, having a job like they want jobs? It's it's where are we going next, Rich?
0: We are going to go back over to Bergen County and say hi to Elena.
1: Welcome, Elena. WABC. Chocolate. For- hi there.
4: I have an idea. What's that? And I'm pretty sure that idea has some validity. Well, in the Marxist theory, the people are supposed to rise up and revolt against the establishment. So what do we have in New York? We have the criminals revolting against the establishment. In the Marxist idea, the establishment of... Marxist needs lower class people. So where do you get them? The best, the first and best place to get them is in the jails, because these people are totally supported by society. So therefore, let's let them loose and let them start this revolution. This social experiment might work in different countries, but in New York, it's has the image of racism. Who's out on the streets and who are the bad guys? It's so sad.
1: This is very sad. I didn't follow 100% your, your logic in all this, but I'm going to tell you something. I followed enough of it to understand what you mean. They are looking to do something here to upend society and upend, upend the way that most of us view law enforcement and law and order. This Manhattan D.A., Alvin Bragg, this is not, by any means, at least if you look at his uh, track record, this is not a guy that's coming um, to law enforcement without having a background. He was a federal prosecutor, um, and I do not in the life of me understand how anybody that's gone through the, the judicial system that has been an officer of the courts can look at what he's doing now and what he's saying now and not understand that this is going to have a devastating impact. On this city. Where do we go next, Rich?
0: We are going to go up to Suffern and say hi to Kevin.
1: Kevin, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. Welcome.
3: Hi, Bo. I'm a longtime Rush listener, and uh, I was also listening to what you just read about this DA. Hey, you know, John Casamitidis said he's going to start texting Adams about what's going on. Has anybody, or have you reached out to Adams to find out what he's going to do?
1: Well, I have not reached out to Adams. Adams was asked about this DA, and what he said is that he has not yet communicated with the DA and has not had a chance to speak with him about his plans. Now, Adams is saying that he is going to restore, to a degree, law and order back into this city. It seems to me that this DA is actively working against that. So, no, this is going to put Adams... Go ahead.
3: Well, that's, that's an impossibility because you've taken away immunity from the police officers. Given what he just announced and what the police officer are up against every day being assassinated across the country, he's giving no protections to his officers to even have a motive to try to straighten out the city. Look right. at Penn Station. Look at Penn Station. If you want an example of a Democrat-run city, look at Penn Station. Nobody is going to go into New York City. This is
1: undoubtedly going to to make...
3: Because it's one of the most unsafe places that you can go right now. It's complete disorder and no law.
1: And what you've got now is a district attorney who's saying up front that he is going to make life easier for drug dealers. He's going to make life easier for armed robbers. He's going to make life easier for criminals. Because their lives, the criminals' lives, have been too difficult. And he's not going to demand that they go to jail only if you do a homicide. And maybe for some sex crimes, we'll throw you in jail. But we're not going to put you in jail for for breaking the law. This is insanity on parade. What about the
3: children that are on the streets watching these people shoot up? They're putting people in buildings, public buildings, to shoot up so that they can shoot up anywhere they want to. Right. Defecating on the streets, the homeless problem. This is an impossible situation, and this guy Adams seems to be all talk.
1: Well, we don't know whether Adams is all talk yet because he's only been in office for a few days. Let's see how he responds to this. But I will tell you, D.A. Bragg has already laid down the marker. He wants lawlessness in New York on an unprecedented scale, He wants to turn New York into San Francisco. He wants to turn it into Los Angeles. He wants to turn it into Dallas. He wants to make sure that this idea of progressive justice, meaning we're going to be lenient with criminals, is the one where that rules. That's the law. We're going to be lenient with the criminals. The criminals are not bad people. They're just criminals. (sighs) WABC Talk Radio seventy seven James Golden A.K.A. Snurdy. We're coming back more after this. Don't go away.
0: Now here is the soul of excellence, James Golden A.K.A. Bo Snirly, on seventy seven WABC.
1: Upside down. That kind of describes Say things. Upside down. You're turning Diana you're Ross. Love. Produced by Nile Rodgers. Nile, Nile Rodgers, of course, from Chic, A New York native. Round and round. One of the most successful producers of all time. And, you know, Nile did the uh, David Bowie, um, the one that let us dance. He produced all of that stuff, too. He's an amazing guy. Uh, flights carrying illegal immigrants are now landing in Pennsylvania. You heard that at the top of the hour news. You heard Bob do that at the top of the hour news. And a uh, congressman, former congressman, Lou Barletta, who's running for Pennsylvania governor, is saying that these flights um, are landing in the middle of the night. And he, he produced a photo showing the nighttime landing of one of these flights uh, arriving in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton International Airport in the dead of the night. And others are coming. This is not a, this is not new. The Democrats under Joe Biden have been running these stealth operations dispersing illegal immigrants all around the country in the dead of night. This is highly organized. And who knows what happens once these plane loads of illegal immigrants are disembarked from the planes. We don't know. The administration's not telling anybody what they're doing, how they're dispersing these people. This has all happened as if it's some secret government, and that you, the American people, you, the residents of Pennsylvania, and wherever else they're being uh, put into, you have no right to know what's going on in your own state. This is, um, I like what Ron DeSantis says, is that he wants to actually... Start rounding up some of these illegal immigrants and sending them to Delaware. We shall see. You also heard on the top of the hour news, uh, Joe Manchin pretty much saying, hey, no one's talking to me about this Build Back Better thing anymore. It's It's kind of done. We shall see. The latest move is on from Chuck Schumer, and we talked about it yesterday and briefly today, to make voting rights to link that into this January 6th so-called insurrection talk and do a push to to pass this voting rights bill, which is this voting rights bill. I think we're going to try to talk with someone tomorrow who can give you really good analysis of what's in this bill because what is in it will astound you if you don't know. This is a move to basically disenfranchise Republican voters all around the country. That's what this is. And make no mistake about it, that is what the Democrats want. The Democrats do not like the idea that there are Republican states that they cannot seem to defeat, ever. And so they want to circumvent the will of Republican voters by having their Democrat Party Department of Justice placed in charge of elections in red states. And that's what this is all about. That's my opinion. Let's go back to the phones, Rich. Where are we headed?
0: Let's head out to Islip and say hi to Fred.
1: Fred, welcome. WABC Radio 77.
0: Hi, James. Uh, I just want to say you got a great radio voice, and uh, you bring back that uh, gravitas that is uh, reminiscent of Rush. Thank you. Um, I want I to talk about something here. People make a decision to go into the Army. They put their lives at some risk because they have uh, something that they think is important to them. If they end up being captured, there are rules of war. You can't deny them food, clothing, or shelter. You can't deny them their dignity. And you can't, uh, help, you can't give them less than the medical attention you'd give anybody else. Now, and the same thing would be true for their families. It seems here that in this situation, with the forced firing that we're uh, doing in this country for people who don't believe in vaccine, that what's happening is that all those things are being denied. In effect, when you fire somebody, you impact food, clothing, shelter, dignity, and medical services. Uh, it's, It's terrible that we're treating our own people worse than we would treat an enemy. In fact, We probably subscribe to those rules of war, but we're not paying any attention to them in this case.
1: Which is why some of these mandates are going to end up in court, and we're going to be seeing court battles over this for years to come. Uh, Yesterday, a judge blocked the Pentagon from taking any adverse action, that's in quote, any adverse action against Navy sailors who have refused to get vaccinated. Now, this is very hopeful. A, it was a the case involved 35 uh, navy special warfare service members including navy seals the toughest of the tough who filed the lawsuit challenging the navy's covid-19 vaccine mandate and the judge reed o'connor of the northern district of texas noted in his ruling that the navy denied at least 29 of the 35 religious accommodations requests and that means that they to him they were just rubber stamping each denial our nation asks the men and women in our military to serve suffer and sacrifice but we do not ask them to lay aside their citizenry their citizenry and give up the very rights they have sworn to protect that's what the judge said this was a George W Bush uh a judge by the way so i think that this is a very hopeful sign And hopefully over the course of these years, we are going to be revisiting a lot of the actions that not only came from the Biden administration with these uh, blanket mandates and demands that members of our military, you know, the Marines have already uh, forced about 200 people out of that branch of service over these vaccine mandates. I think that we're headed to court cases that are going to last for years. And hopefully one day the Supreme Court will rule on this. And I hope rule correctly that these mandates coming from the Biden administration were unconstitutional, that you cannot just force people to do this. And I say that again as a person that was vaccinated and still had COVID. Yeah, so. We'll see. What you're saying is absolutely right, by the way. Absolutely, 100% right. A record 4.5 million Americans, ladies and gentlemen, quit their jobs in November. Now, that is an unusual story. November, right before Christmas, most people are being hired for seasonal work, and they don't want to quit their jobs. They're trying to line up the money, Christmas money, But in November, a record 4.5 million Americans said, screw it, I quit, I'm out of here, I'll either go look for something else or I'll go chill. And there's a lot of analysis going on about what this means to the labor force. One of the things that it definitely means is that if you are a skilled employee and you have skill, there is no better time for you to make moves to better your own circumstance than right now, because the labor market is still looking for employees. The United States hits a record. We had 1,082,549 COVID cases reported in one day. Thank goodness. Through all of this, deaths and hospitalizations are remaining relatively low. But COVID is still sweeping across this country. I mentioned this yesterday. I'm going to mention it today. We are now entering the third year of COVID, entering into year three of COVID. We do not know with certainty how COVID came to us whether it came intentionally or accidentally out of man-made circumstance in Wuhan, whether there was gain-of-function research involved in releasing COVID to the world. We do know that China was highly irresponsible in their initial uh, reporting of it, which, in fact, wasn't to report how deadly this was. And there is no, absolutely zero accountability, nor their calls for there to be accountability from China from what they have released upon the world. We need to, we the people of the United States, demand to know the truth about COVID. How did this happen? And why is it continuing to happen? all righty good luck in manhattan with your new da with our new da we are still the greatest city in the world but we are going to face some challenges i'm telling you especially in manhattan with this new new lawlessness that the manhattan da plans to bring to all of us greatest city in the world united states of america the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. I'll be back tomorrow. See you then. Bye.